Now, some of you, I've heard this rumor, you're cold. I came this morning and inside was hotter than outside, so I did the old outdoor air conditioning, natural air conditioning, I opened all the doors up, and I have freaked out all of the worship team, because it was something broken, is there water somewhere, is there a smell that needs to get out? I'm like, no, friends, it's wonderful outside, as they come covered in parkas. For extra like me, this is what we call summertime, so some of us, okay? This is beautiful weather, I'm just pointing this out to y'all, but I understand some of you may need your, your extra parka this morning, so we have complimentary E3 blankets with a welcome, no, I'm just kidding. My true question to you, my true question to you, as we get serious into this sermon, and in the sermon series on Mark, as we think about ourselves, are we outsiders? Are we insiders? Are we no, neither? Is what is our dedication? Our dedication to this place and to Jesus Christ. See, friends, all of us have a dedication to something. Some are dedicated to elementary church. Some are dedicated to a secret crush that you're trying to impress by coming to church on Sunday mornings. You never tried that before? I, I got a wife out of that deal. Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll come to church with you. I could spend an hour sitting next to you. Sure, I'll come. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to impress somebody. Some of you have been dedicated for over a decade to certain things. Some over 50 years. Some have been dedicated just for one Sunday. The key test to seeing how dedicated someone is to something else is a moment of challenge. And sometimes it means you need to give up that dedication in that moment of challenge. Dedications to one's country. Many of us could raise our hands at times we've been challenged in how we believe our country's been run, being run maybe even. But we stay dedicated regardless of our division. Dedication to a spouse, to a loved one, to a person you're dating, to a person you maybe just met, at moment of challenge may have cause for you to walk away or may bolster your relationship all the more. Dedication to one's football team. I didn't expect a response from that. I went from spouse and everybody's feeling uncomfortable to football team. Okay, so say your favorite football team on three. One, two, three. There's some made-up names in here. I love it. But when your football team goes from winning national champions to being in the toilet bowl, which I do believe should be a true bowl, you have to challenge your dedication and dedication to a new child. On the screens this morning, we want to highlight and celebrate. For those of you who are brand new, we have a brand new new person in the kingdom of God. That's Perrin, and the other two people are just accessories to Perrin. That's how we go about that. And I understand that from a father. We are so grateful and so joyous and praying for them this morning. And if you're watching us online, we can say, good morning, Pastor. And, and to Ricky, we're just so grateful for both of you for joining us virtually, I hope. But there are times where one's allegiance has to be questioned as well. Otherwise, we will never fully grow as people. See, friends, teenagers are that wonderful time where you choose and kind of figure out what you're really truly dedicated to. You become not only dedicated to your parents, but you become your own person, your own family even. We see that even as Mallory, who used to be our communications director, knew that life had changed drastically for her, she could no longer be dedicated to this role and found a new way to be committed to this church family. There's times of change that are necessary. Many of us who have grown a little bit older in our lives, myself included, find that you can no longer be dedicated to a lot of things you used to do when you were younger like getting up off the floor. I'm there. This morning, I want to help show this 
by some volunteers. I want to call up Desmond first. Is Desmond in here? Here he comes. Desmond is on our security team, and Desmond's going to stand right behind me on the stage, just right over here. And then we have, come on up, Tatiana, come on up. She's coming up, and then I'm, I'm going to pick on him just a little bit because he's the brand newest person here, I believe, at E3. It's my father, Jim's going to come up on stage as well. Now, come on up on stage right here, and then you come up on stage right over to the right here. Are you, you slide down a little bit by my guitar. You stand right here. There you go. Now, these three people have not been warned what they're dedicated to. These people have no idea why they're on stage, except I gave Desmond quite a bit of a, an intro because I want to highlight he is on our security team here at Element 3 Church. And if you're interested in security team or you have some questions about how I can help keep everybody safe, not just people in here, but all across our campus, I'm going to have you talk to him and I'm going to have you talk to Larry Coffey. Larry's back there on the back. Raise your hand, Larry, real quick. He, he can help give you some information about that. This is an amazing team that we don't highlight enough, and there's reasons sometimes for that, but this morning is the night, is the morning we highlight it, okay? All three of these people have not been told what they're dedicated to, but I'm going to give them a challenge anyway. I've been using these quite a bit in my life, and these have different amounts of weights of things that I'm going to have them carry through my entire sermon. Now, I'm not going to tell them why they're doing this yet, but I want to see if they can remain dedicated to this task before them. And some of them... You notice I give the heaviest one, maybe, to the guy who at least has the biggest muscles, right? Can you flex one-handed for us just real quick? (laughs) Dedication is what's happening behind me. Sometimes it's highlighted, like these three behind us, and sometimes it's not. See, dedication is brought forth when someone calls you into a situation, into a challenging situation sometimes. And it's responsibility of the commitment to a certain idea. And none is more on display than we get to Mark chapter 6. The adage that is made by the preacher Chuck Swindoll is what you believe is what you do, and what you do is who you become. The people behind me, they may switch weights, they may go one-handed up, They may just kind of adjust a little bit, but know that as we go into the sermon, we see that we have challenged our idea, am I an insider or am I an outsider? The whole series graphic is focused on that. And so my question to you this morning, E3 Church, are you an insider in the kingdom of God or are you an outsider in the kingdom of God? To help us understand this, I want to illustrate where we are in the whole book of the Bible, Mark. In chapter one, Jesus heals a man with an evil spirit. He heals Simon's mother-in-law. He heals the sick in general, a demon-possessed person, and a man with leprosy. In chapter two, he heals a paralytic. He heals Levi, the tax collector. He calls him. He congregates. He associates with numerous sinners of that day. In chapter three, he heals a man with a shriveled hand. He heals many sick and those with evil spirits, just in general. In chapter 4, he calms a storm, and then now in chapter 5, what we went through last week, he heals a demon-possessed man, and we highlighted last week in the sermon, a dead girl, resurrects her back to life, and a woman who bled. Do those sound like insiders in Jesus' day and age? Or do those sound like outsiders who become insiders by no work of their own, but by the chosen act of Jesus Christ? coming to them and asking them to be dedicated to maybe their healing. Dedicated to the fact that they too 
could have community, both in person and online, with him. The tone changes in the next three chapters of Mark. And so you'll notice that as I preach this morning, you should feel a dramatic sense because the entire book of Mark now will change focus. We're going to the pinnacle of Jesus's ministry in the next few chapters. Year two, if you're keeping track of how many years Jesus does of three, of physical ministry. It is impossible not to notice the amazing way that Jesus heals those outcasts, calls the unclean clean, and the marginalized, his brothers and sisters. Jesus does not engage the haves. No, he engages the haves nots. And numerous times he transforms the ideal of what it means to be a follower of God and transforms to the very people of God who God is. God is not some angry, far-off deity. God becomes an eternal father. Jesus also consistently reinvents those Old Testament rules to show what rules are truly important. And this review is so important as we zoom in now on chapter 6. If you have your Bible or your Bible apps, go in. If you're online, please chat who you think is going to win the box-holding challenge. Anybody sweating behind me? That's nice outside, I told you. We're going to see in this chapter, Jesus is rejected in his hometown. His cousin, John the Baptist, is beheaded. And 5,000 people are fed out of five loaves and two fish. We'll come back to in the coming weeks on this one. But all would be appropriate in sermon topics. This morning, I want to focus and reemphasize the topic of commitment as Christians and commitment to E3 Church. You've all gone through so much trouble in these past years. It is time to call out and start rebuilding out of trauma and into a place of health. Let's go into chapter 6 then. Mark writes this, then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. He was just rejected by his hometown, by the way. He's going to village to village. And in verse 7, he calls the 12 to him, and he gives them two by two an authority over impure spirits. We'll get to the instructions in a moment. The Greek in which he says authority is called apostoline. Apostle comes out of that word. And it means an official representation if, if I would show up to your house with an Amazon package and no labels and no, nothing about me, and I say, hey, here's your package, you might cause and say, hmm, who is this strange person with a box outside my house? Is he going to make me hold it the entire sermon he preaches? But even more scary, if I would say and, and pull you over in my little SUV and call myself a police officer without any sort of identification, you certainly would be a little worried about who I am. You might even call me into the authorities saying a guy's trying to be a police officer. You don't want that. And so here Jesus says, you are, in fact, me, and sends him out two by two, going out to do several items. See, this is the awkward moment where the witness, sir, becomes a doer, where the person who's just the understudy in the play becomes the main character. I remember as a freshman in high school, they would not allow freshmen in the musical theater production. And I watched, and my musical director said, hey, we need somebody to play the bass line because we don't have a bassist. So I sat in front of a little keyboard, and it had five keys or six keys. I don't even think it had all 12. And I just went like, dun, 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 dun. And I always messed up. But I remember saying, I want to be on stage. And a year later, when I'm the lead of the musical and completely overwhelmed, 
I realized I had an opportunity that first year to witness and watch how things run, and that gave me that step forward I need to not be a complete fool of myself. You do that, though, in your own lives. Some of us have been in the backseat of the car for 16 years, and you're chomping at the bit to get that little piece of plastic that says, yes, you too can take you where you want to go. And some of you now that have that little plastic and realize that there's car insurance and titling and registration and all the fees and gas costs a lot these days, you say, I just want to ride and somebody else take me somewhere where I want to go, just not my kid. There's this moment here where the disciples have to be absolutely terrified and absolutely amazed that they've watched Jesus do all the things I just went over, and now they too get to be a part of that. They get to cast out impure spirits. They... Friends get to preach, and they get to heal. Listen to his instructions, though. Verse 8. These were his instructions. Take nothing with you for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter the house, stay where you are until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Jesus is asking for absolute dedication. How we doing? Really good? You gonna flex yet? You got the lightest box? Okay, 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 okay. He's asking for absolute dedication. That they have nothing to fall back on. No money, no shoes. He take a staff. But that's not gonna help them when they come into a point where they say, where am I gonna eat my next meal? Where am I gonna put my head down to sleep at night? Who will take care of me? We see that the dust, even from a Gentile town, a town not from the Israelite community, could be seen as unclean. And so to wipe that dust off would be saying that those Jews who they're preaching to would be seen as just as unclean as those Gentiles. We see that even if you reject the message of salvation, it will bring judgment. But the hard part about these instructions, friends, is that they are only for those original 12. I've heard of good-meaning Christians who will go and try and preach the gospel and then wipe their dust off the feet of their their shoes. That's not for us to do any longer. No, 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 no. We're we're to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ, representatives of Jesus Christ, Jesus' uniform on to everyone we come into contact with and to embrace the person exactly where they are and see them transformed into something else. See, the rule of thumb is when Scripture is speaking to an individual, it might, emphasis might, be just for them. Overarching themes of faith, of action, of command are always good to marinate and saying, does this mean for me? And so we see that when Jesus commands these disciples to do the amazing, it is indeed for me. He, he asks all of us to be these disciples, but at the same time, it's not for me to go and wipe my dust from feet or to not take coins or maybe a belt even. Bible interpreter Cranfield said the particular instructions apply literally only to his brief mission during Jesus' lifetime. But in principle, with the necessary modifications according to climate and other circumstances, they will still hold for continuing ministry of the church. The service of the word of God is still a matter of extreme urgency, friends, calling for absolute dedication. Dedication. Verse 12. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick with people with oil and healed them. See, the challenge of this is that the disciples had to be dedicated to this mission from the very start until they got power to move on. 
They could not slip up. They could not accidentally drop the box that they were carrying. And so for that in mind, how are we doing? Good? How are we doing? You hate me, I know. How are we doing? Really good, okay. Open up your boxes. Open up your boxes, friends. Some of us are called to carry light things and, and don't have any preparation. That's, that's my dad right behind me. What do we got in there? Yeah, I gave you, as a Husker fan, I got you a very, very well-packaged Florida State Cup that I got a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Round of applause for my dad, Jim Martin. Over here, some of us are called, regardless of age or regardless of anything in your background, we got FAMU cups, okay? So we got equal, equal, yeah, that's great. Round of applause for <laughs> Tatiana. There we go. Good job. And then Desmond, show him the true power of Desmond. I packed his with a full Bible commentary, plus a dictionary of plague and pestilence. Round of applause for Desmond. You guys can have a seat. The point of this is, you can put your boxes down. I'll take them, I'll take them, I'll take them. The point of this exercise is to show that even when you're called onto a sermon stage with no background, with no warning, you can do the will of God. You can do the work of God. In whatever context you're called, some of us here at Element 3 Church are over here with a very light box and very little understanding of where to go next, of who to be, of how to be in this community of faith. There's nothing against the person holding the box. It's just an example. And she did remarkable, by the way. The point of this is, is that regardless of the weight you've been given, you all have something to carry. Some of us are brand new, literally brand new in this building for the very first time and did a fine job carrying a glass mug. It was very well packaged, by the way. And some of us as brand new Christians say, ah, I'm just a guest. I have nothing to give. I have nothing to do here. But you have to be all in with a dedication to go to the next step of a deeper relationship with Jesus in making disciples who make disciples. And some of us who could be a body double for weightlifters in any movie he'd like carried an entire Bible commentary set and a dictionary of plague and pestilence, and I don't even think it's but beat of sweat came down his face. Some of us are what we call the 10% who do 90% of the work. And I see, I see some of you are tired. I see some of you have beads of sweat dripping down your face, and now is the time not to relent and to question your dedication is to go all in even more. And so to move on from this, I have two questions for you, Element 3 Church. The first one is this. What is your dedication? Is it to a team, to a spouse, to children? Is your dedication to a certain idea that has nothing to do with what our church's mission is? And secondly, are you dedicated to your calling? The challenge we have as a church is out of a season and then seasons of hardship, of challenge, we've seen who is dedicated to the task at hand. And it's okay to question that dedication. It creates greater faith. See, no one up here was prepared to ask to carry boxes during a sermon. No one had spent years preparing for this moment. But how you live your life and the ways in which you live your life prepares you and allow you for the moment when you're called for. I'm going to say that again. 
how you live your life and the ways in which you live your life prepare you to be ready for the moment when Jesus calls you. What if those original 12 disciples who were standing on that mountain when they heard the original call said, "Eh, time out, hold on, I don't know about this. No, they embraced it. And because of that embracing, when Jesus gives them the power from on high to do the things that they did, they were well prepared. Remember, friends, even Judas was a part of that 12. That should bring a moment of just stomach churning that the betrayer had the power to heal. The betrayer even had the power to call out demons. When you give your life over to Jesus, it isn't just a one-way relationship. I give myself over now for the rest of my life so I can have eternal life later. When you give your life over, there's a continual ask of dedication and reorientation of your life. The pandemic has caused the entire church, not just Element 3 Church, the entire church is in our boat right now. A lack of volunteers, a questioning of commitment, and asking the question, why, God, why? There's nothing different from our church to a church in Nebraska to a church over in China. But the context in which Jesus calls us to do certain things asks our dedication to be even greater. And here's the point. For many of us, I'm preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to those who have questioning, where do I fit in this building? And friends, let me get you in on a little secret. There are a lot of first-time guests coming. There are a lot of first-time guests coming. And I see every space ready to go to be a church that grows not for butts and seats, not for dollars in the bank, but grows because our mission is to create disciples. We are not here to create a group of happy people, of people who are like-minded. We are here to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? Amen. There's something amazing on the horizon. And some have been here all the way. Some are brand new. Some have been hesitant, and some are just a little unsure. But friends, there's something amazing on the horizon. And be overjoyous in that. That all that time of hardship can now be the moment where we pivot and go forward in making disciples who make disciples. See, the response of those 12 men who did this work, who multiplied and built the kingdom, was so unenthusiastic, but still enthusiastic when you read this verse. It's chapter 6, verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. It was like a kid who finally got to drive, and they came to mom and dad and said, I went to Subway. I went to the bank. And I think I do that every day, sometimes five or six times. Big deal. No, you rejoice with that child who just made their first trip. You rejoice with them and say, thank God for this. So what if I'm to say I'm all in on this Jesus guy? I give my entire self over to him and use E3 as a place to pour my dedication in. That I take seriously the call to make disciples who make disciples. Well, from now and looking ahead toward Christmas, I want you to see you just doing that. To pouring into the people around you. To removing the spiritual demons. Don't be weird about it. 
Go and say, hey, I know you're carrying a weight with you because you lost someone in the last season, or I know you're carrying a weight with you because you have this thing holding you back. I wanna pray over you. I wanna commit to praying with you every day and take that demon away. To bring healing like we talked about last week, not just physical healing, but overall healing. And preaching to all those who need to hear the gospel. We have an awesome responsibility to continue the work of the disciples in our context. Through healings, like the one we talked about last week, through reliving and relieving people, the demons in their lives, and through preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. Don't just think this is a throwaway sermon, one that doesn't matter. No, friends, this is one where we pivot together. And over the next three weeks or four weeks, as we see, as Mark takes us through this gospel, where Mark gets to the high point of Jesus' ministry, where he's transfigured to the very person of Jesus in all his glory, we too can embrace that as a church in our season and move toward Christmas with a spirit of let's go do our mission. We have an awesome responsibility to continue the work of the disciples in our context and to use that context through existing ministries that we have here at Elementary Church. But don't think that's just it. No, see, you're called in a variety of contexts in your own places and doing, whether in your family relationships, whether at work, whether being willing to carry a box for someone who's maybe moving across the city. We are called to bring people into a relationship with Jesus and make them disciples of Jesus Christ so that our vision can be fulfilled, but more importantly, someday we can hear our good Lord and Savior say, well, got done, my good and faithful servant. So with that in mind, I'd invite you to rise. And if you're at home with us, worshiping online, stand up. I'm gonna give ourselves a commissioning prayer before our worship team comes on stage while I'm praying, they're gonna come on. And we're gonna sing oceans after we get done with this prayer. And this commissioning prayer is to say, you, 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 all y'all are called to be ambassadors, apostles of Jesus Christ, to carry huge weights and to carry small weights. We you bow your heads as I pray over you? Father, call us. Make clear the ways in which we are to move. Bring us into that close relationship with you that we can feel your true presence. We can hear even the words you would speak over us. And some of us just need a warming of our heart. That we are no longer aliens, we are no longer foreigners, but we are children of the one true living God. And because of that relationship, because of that presence, God, may you call us into doing what you would need us to do where we are right here, right now. And that we would not just stay put, but we would be transformed literally moment by moment, day by day, year by year, decade by decade into a relationship that will last. And by accepting this commissioning, Lord, may we realize that we will change this place. We will see people who have no right being here, no interest in you, God, who come in and fall at the cross and preach the name of Jesus Christ and transform all of their life and their children's and grandchildren's lives. And for a thousand generations, they would feel your presence. 
May we would have faith to step out of the boat, to walk on water for you, and to be your hands and feet, to be healing, to be exercising, to be teaching the name of Jesus Christ and salvation to all, regardless of background, regardless of status, regardless of outside appearance, regardless of quote-unquote purity. May we take seriously that we have people we need to go share grace with. And may these words not fall empty, Lord. May even next week we see this place double or triple in size, not for our own benefit, but to say, wow, God, how awesome you are. How great is your name in all the earth. And may we all bow in the name of Jesus Christ, by the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Breathe on us, God. And help us feel your presence and calling in all the ways of our life. We say this together and we ask your holy blessing over my words.